Tokelau's first language website is to be launched on Friday after four years in the making. Director of Education Elaine Lameta says it's been a long time coming, with elders double-checking all of the content and translations to make sure they met the language standards. She says the hope is the translations of scientific journals will strengthen the schooling in Tokelau and ignite a fire to help preserve the language, which is designated severely endangered by UNESCO. This is absolutely exciting because it's the first time we're able to launch a, a website specifically for the Ngangana Tokelau developments for schools here on Tokelau that brings together all of the resources that we have been able to develop through um, a funding from the Australian government. We have developed a range of materials using science subjects, for example, because that was um, deliberately so that we begin to to grow the vocabulary, to you know, create vocabulary that expresses um, concepts in the scientific fields uh, or health fields that we, have, we don't normally use Tokelau language for. So it's, that part is really significant for language development because it means that we're starting to have uh, the capacity to be able to express the concepts and the ideas that are present in these other uh, technical fields as such that we wouldn't normally have. So I think from that point of view, it is really about advancing the language. Uh, We're not just maintaining it or revitalizing it, which are all essential, but we've also got to see it expanding in terms of the fields that it can be used in. And to be able to do that means you need to have the, the, the words for it. You've got to have the phrases for it. So creating the resources um, that enable that has been really exciting. Um, I think the other part that's really significant also is because we've been we've used um, the actual research that was um, conducted on Tokelau uh, regarding Tokelau uh, issues. So, for example, uh, ocean acidification or water harvesting, um, climate change, um, COVID even, for example. So these things are specific to the Tokelau context. So we've used those research and actually um, commissioned writers to actually write write the books um, for the students up at secondary level, which means they're learning about their issues in their language from their own context. It's not just uh, providing our children with um, narratives and recounts, which are all great but it's expanding the range of domains that the language can be used in. Because we're now opening up, because of the endangered um, status of Tokelau language, uh, we, in the spirit of revitalization, we have made all of those available so anyone anywhere in the world can click on it, download it, be able to use it. um, So freely available. um, Because, again, we've got to enable other Tokelau speakers anywhere in the world, because our numbers are so small, that they're able to to access those resources and and use that. It's been over a period of, um, say, just four and a bit, four and a half years or something. Um, Yeah, so it's been an intense um, time, but it's, you know, the momentum has just kept going. We we haven't let up on it because we recognize that... um, the need to continue. But I think the other um, aspect we want to acknowledge is that the funding by Australia in this instance has, has just been available to us um, to do this. Without that funding, we, we would not have been able to do it. How much funding did they provide? At least they've given about $1.5 million 
New Zealand dollars to it. So it's a substantial funding for language development, but because they are such high quality and we are using you know, expert publication um, publishers in New Zealand, and then also because the resources are on multiple um, levels, really, you've got not just the print, and then, but you've also got the audio that goes with that, and you've got the flip books. Uh, so it comes in a range of forms. A massive effort. I mean, did the whole community mm. get involved, and who has been instrumental in the construction of this? Um, yes. So our processes have included, like behind every resource is. You know, a group, a team of writers, translators, editors, um, a team that provides quality assurance, and um, a group of our elders have been the ones that provide um, quality assurance. So each resource, you know, like by the time it hits the the publication phase, it has gone through at least eight readings, if not more, um, and with the elders actually giving feedback on the quality of language. Um, on the accuracy of it, the naturalness of it, um, and so forth. So having the elders being part of it means that um, we were getting the the quality advice that's needed. Because at the same time, texts were being translated or um, created. There was a real need for us to actually establish some systematic principles and processes for word creation, for example, so that we're actually attending to these decisions in a principled way, so as opposed to coming to it in a random way. Is there anything that you've learned throughout this process about Tokelau language that has surprised you? I think there's been a whole number of surprises, particularly around the traditional concepts that some of our um, elders uh, have explained in the text. A surprising thing would be in the contextual, the cultural knowledge um, that comes through in terms of how they frame a particular concept. I'm just thinking now one of the books is about the blessings from the sea. Um, and the elder that wrote that was um, primarily describing the different um, parts of of, of the sea, from, from the shore right through to the deep, and then describing the different species that are found along that transect, if you would think of it in terms of a transect. So the surprising thing is that one actually never knew these different distinctions in terms of the zones, um, but the traditional knowledge is actually capturing the fact that actually there's really um, sound um, basis for the decisions they make about which species they would fish and where they would fish it. And for me, that kind of um, cultural knowledge is, is just, yeah, it's not only surprising as such, because one didn't know it before, but it was just how you understand traditionally people have framed um, conceptual understanding from their interactions with their environment. We won't always have them with us. The books are exciting from the point of view. It actually is also maintaining cultural knowledge that the new younger generations may not may not have.